Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week, we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins, and everything in between. I'm Benedicta. Today is August 22nd, and this is episode number 187. And I'm feeling excited because I'm joined by Jeff Roberts, marketing co-founder of Outsera, and also, as of April, my uh, colleague, two days a week. And today we're chatting about marketing. But first, how are you feeling, Jeff? I am feeling pretty good. Um, I have a feeling that I'm sort of at the end of something uh, and a a new beginning on the horizon. I've been traveling uh, for the last four months and I'm going to be traveling for two more months. But on Friday, I leave Europe and head back to, to North America. And it feels like the end of a chapter sort of. So I'm uh, a little sad about that, but but uh, excited for what comes next too. So, what countries did you hit while you were in Europe? Uh, Greece, Sweden, and Scotland. That that is diverse. Like that is diverse set of countries. Absolutely, yeah. a little bit of everything. <laughs> they they couldn't be more different culturally. Let me tell you. <laughs> Give me like one example. I heard you. I read that you love the. Um, cinnamon buns in Sweden, the Kanelbolna. We have good. those in Norway as well. So yeah, absolutely. We yeah. I think in general, um, just going from Greece to Sweden was sort of a shock to the system. Um, I've been telling people like every conversation that I heard between Greek people was sort of combative and loud. And you go to Sweden and everyone's very quiet and polite. And it was like polar opposite in terms of um, just the interactions between people. How's Scotland? Scotland's great. It's um, very, very beautiful. Uh, I love it in that sense. Um, Certainly it's rainy. I mean, we've had a lot of rain since we've been here and uh, I have two little kids that are trapped in the house when it rains. So that, that part's tough. Um, But it, it's just a beautiful country and it makes you feel good about the world. It's like still wild and untouched and uh, it's good. I like it. You got to take a page out of Norwegian, like the Norwegian playbook, which is there is no bad weather, only bad clothes. <laughs> which is one yeah. of our uh, sayings. And that's what we tell kids when they say, I don't want to come sure. go outside um, when it's raining. It's like, uh, that, that makes total sense. That's, there's like no fashion in Scotland. Everything is just very practical clothing. And everyone is. <laughs> you know, dress for all weather at, at all times. Um, and my family coming from Greece, where we were wearing bathing suits for three months, showed up completely ill-prepared and basically had to buy a new wardrobe uh, to insulate us from the rain. Oh, yeah. It's the same thing here. My sister, who grew up in England, though, where they just pretend they don't have bad weather. I don't know what's up with that. <laughs> but uh, she always laughs at me because I will travel nowhere without my woolen layer. Like there's Fair. always a woolen layer with me wherever I go and I've had good use of it. Like I traveled India and we went to see the sunrise in Himalaya and it's yep. cold. Sure. Put on my wool layer underneath the summer dress and you're all good to go. So <laughs> yeah, but that's not what we're talking about today, even though um, Europe uh, is a fun topic since <laughs> I live here. Anyway, um, I saw on Twitter that you're planning to do marketing experiments for Atzera this fall. And I would love to hear more about them. Yeah. What you're I, would, planning. <laughs> I would say the short version is I should have been doing a lot more marketing experiments uh, over the course of the last two or three years. Um, but, you know, like 
like a lot of founders, I've been sort of sucked into helping the business wherever it needs help. And um, over the last few years for me, that's been a lot of product management and a lot of customer success, customer support. Um, so marketing has been more of an afterthought than it probably should should have been. Um, and I feel like we're at the point now where we have good conversion rates. Um, we've got a steady customer base. We're sort of ready to go faster. Um, so I've been spending much of this summer trying to clear my plate a little bit. Um, we've brought on some some help and support to help ease that burden. Um, and I'm excited to get back to what is sort of my primary skill, what I'm supposed to bring to the team, which is marketing expertise. Um, so I've just been thinking through kind of what comes next. How do we accelerate everything from a growth perspective? Um, and as part of that, what, what you alluded to, um, I'm going to be publishing sort of a website where I talk about what I'm working on, what the strategy is, um, sharing results and all that kind of stuff, um, just because I think that content will be interesting to other SaaS founders. Uh, so you're saying even though you have a marketing founder on board, which is like everybody's dream, all the like the tech indie, indie founders, you're saying they might not always have time for marketing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, you hear so much about um, you should delegate this, you should delegate that. And I think that advice is always coming from a good place. But if you're a bootstrap business, you can only delegate once you can afford to delegate. Um, so with our, you know, with our growth, we've all worn lots of hats because that's what we've had to do to get the business to where it is today. Um, and we're at the point now where we you know, are doing a little bit better, can bring some people on to help with support. Um, and ultimately there, you know, there is an opportunity cost to not having the marketing founder focused on marketing. You're not going to grow as fast and be able to make those sorts of investments in other areas of the business that you want to. So um, we had to be pretty deliberate about, um, you know, bringing on additional help and finding a way to free up a little bit more of my time to focus on this stuff. And for, you know, longtime listeners, I think a lot of the push to getting some more support help came after some long discussions with uh, Jane and Benedict of UserList uh, when we all met in Athens. Uh, so full full circle here um, on Slow and Steady. Yes. Because I didn't say this in the introduction, um, but those who are wondering where Benedict is, he is on vacation, which is well-deserved because nice. he never really takes any long vacations. So I'm very happy for him. Um, but what are like, what's like your top three experiments you want to run? Or do you have like uh, some yeah. thoughts, some ideas? I've got a few. Um, so the first thing, whenever I've sort of sat down and said, okay, it's time to make a deliberate marketing push beyond just kind of the day-to-day -day work that is marketing. Um, the first place my mind always goes is like, let's clean out the gutters. And what I mean by that is let's make sure sort of all the plumbing through which we acquire customers is clear and working as efficiently as possible. So the very first track of work and something we've sort of already started on, at least in a minor way, is um, really just having like myself, you, uh, our design lead, James, and then some customers go through the signup and onboarding process for Outsetta and make notes, what's working, what's not, where are people getting stuck, what could um, just be a smoother workflow to get people through signup and onboarding. 
Um, and I think the reason to, to start there is just it's one of those things that it's one of the only things that affects every marketing channel. If, if you can make even incremental improvements in that whole user experience around sign up and onboarding, it's going to make every channel perform better. So that's kind of the first task. Um, the second one is the one that I'm most excited about. And that is we've had a lot of really awesome people that have wanted to contribute to Outseta in some way. Um, so much so we don't have opportunities to give to all of them. Again, it's like <laughs> we've got to grow this thing in order to be able to hire all these talented people that want to work on our project, which is a great problem to have. But a lot of them have come back and said, you know, we're not looking to join your team full time. We're not looking for crazy compensation. We just like either the idea that you're working on or the model that you use to run the company and we want to participate in some way. Um, and we heard this from like one or two people, then three or four, then five or six and really high caliber people. And I just said to myself, like, we're, we're sitting on an amazing opportunity that we're not taking advantage of. So the sort of second project is going to be how do we take these people, give them something relevant to Outseta that we actually need to get done, that we actually think is a good opportunity for the business that we haven't prioritized ourselves or just don't have time to get to yet and sort of match these people with projects in a way that you know they're excited to contribute to Outseta and we're getting something out of it too. And I think the other fun thing about this model is not only getting to start to work with some of these people but we can give them projects that are sort of risky, that have high potential upside. And if they don't work out, so be it. Mm -hmm. um, so we've got three or four people already um, who I think are a great fit for these types of projects and figuring out how we can sort of um, systemize this, this whole thing, I guess, is the next step. So we've talked about like, do we have a like contributor of the month or a creator of the month that works with us on a given project each, each month. And we just open up one opportunity a month or something like that. Um, I like that creator of the month. That's yeah. kind of cool. And if we need more spacing, it could be creator of the quarter. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I would I like love it. to, I would love to get to the, um, I would like to do like quarterly cohorts eventually mm -hmm. where we just say like, here's, two or five people that are working on these projects this quarter. And then we're going to have mm -hmm. sort of another batch next quarter. And um, certainly the objective there is to, to build a pool of people that we would eventually hire, hire onto our team. Mm -hmm. um, but from a marketing perspective, I guess it's just a matter of um, here are, you know, new people that want to contribute and sort of help get outside of out there. Um, and I think, having more talented yeah. voices interested in that is always a good thing. And then whatever like outcome from that, like now I'm thinking like, cause you know, I like to live stream, which listeners know I haven't done it in a while. Um, yeah. But then it could be like live streaming with them, helping them get set up. So if they're going to yeah. create, for instance, like a project showcasing Laravel plus Outsetta, we could um, do a live stream where you and I kind of, come on and answer questions and help them get up to speed faster. Um, in yep. addition to what we are working on, which is these template businesses that we're going to have with their own design and their own brand and marketing yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> that we're going to be able to uh, set up in different languages and different tools and different technologies, I guess, um, is the point. 
Yep. So that's that's number three. That's a perfect segue. Um, mm, that's number three. No, okay. Number number three, I would say, is um, the way that I've started thinking about this, and we talked about it a little bit last night. But is we need to build sort of a content factory at Outseta, and the transition that I would describe is we've done a lot of content marketing in the past. Um, most of it has just been me as the founder writing about our entrepreneurial experience. And then when it's come to creating like tutorial focused content, most of it has been really bad. It's been, it's been me just doing like screen recordings with really low level polish. And um, I think that was appropriate for our stage, like in an early stage startup, you're moving so fast, the product is changing all the time, um, investing a lot of time in all these tutorial videos, they're just going to be irrelevant two days later. But we're a little bit more established now, sort of more stable of a business. And I think, um, first of all, there's more frameworks, more technologies, etc. we need to create guides for, but also the production polish needs to be higher. And we have more people, um, yourself included, participating. So how do we create a factory where we can crank out all this content in a way that's uniform and consistent and uh, relatively well, well polished and that kind of thing. Um, that's kind of the third big project, I think. So what business did we did with Landon again? I only remember Mo Molly's Marathoners, which will be a membership uh, and course community yep. business. We and so then we, we we're going to do a, a course, a SaaS product and a membership site. Molly's Marathoners yep. is the membership site. Yep. The SaaS product was... Um, I don't think we actually named we it. We didn't yet, name but it, it, but it was it was like, oh, that was my yeah, like to-do list for families. Because yeah. one of the cool things about Atsera is that you can have an account that is connected to multiple team members, i.e. family members. So we could showcase that with a uh, family chore app. We need to give it a good name. I think we had family fa family factors was the uh, family was factors. placeholder name. But They're all going to be alliterations. Is that what it's called in English? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, and then the course was, was peak productivity. So that was just going to give us an opportunity to sort of troll all the productivity, productivity. gurus out there. Oh, I have to send you. We we should almost reach out to him. It's like one of my all time favorite. Like. I don't know if it was like TikTok or I don't think it was TikTok because it's so old. I think maybe it's just like a Twitter video. Anyway, this guy like does a productivity morning, like routine video um, of him like as a dad. And it is yeah. the funniest thing ever. I'm going to we're going to put that in the show notes. But he basically is like, I begin my day with Shavasana, laying in bed, <laughs> pretending to sleep longer than my wife that is yeah. my rest <laughs> and then it's like and then it just keeps going about like all the things he gets to practice when trying to like put clothes on the toddler and uh but it's just like it's so like purely like in the moment i thought he was inspired probably read something about you know like these productivity gurus and just had to sure yeah because they're usually you know single men and like their mornings yeah. are gonna be different <laughs> Yeah. Other people's morning, like, you know, if you don't want to get up at four, which some people claim they do. Anyway, uh, yeah, so those are the three businesses. And it's kind of taken a little bit of inspiration from Tailwind, which have these templates that have like um, fake businesses, which showcases, I guess they have Next. All of theirs are Next, the, the React framework and Tailwind that you can copy. But then what we want to do is 
have three businesses, fake businesses, and then we can do Framer, the Framer version, Framer plus Outsider version, the WeWeb and Outsider version, the Webflow, the Laravel, the React, whatever people can contribute with. But all the design assets will be there and kind of all of the features will be there so that we can fuel this content factory. Exactly. And and I think the other thing it does is sort of going back to project two is it allows other people to contribute. Like sort of the common thread here is we have a small team. How do we do mm-hmm. more within the context of a small team? And we've had a lot of people with very framework specific expertise say, I want to create an outset of demo. Can I do that for you? And next.js or whatever it is. Um, And I think now we can say, yes, we have this hypothetical business. Here's the branding. This is what this project looks like. You just need to go build it and um, we can get more people contributing in that way. And then I think it also will become a great research for people wanting to build their business because then they can see like, oh, I'm more of a Molly's marathoner um, and I know this technology or I am enamored by enamored, 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 enamored. Yes, by this technology. So, and I can see, oh, I can build the features I want with this technology, and then yep. go and like do that. Um, while it can be hard coming in, like, oh, I want to create a membership business. It's like there's so many possibilities, and also yep. hard to know, like, can I build this with this framework? And then we can showcase, yes, you can have these features with this framework. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like it. it is. I'm yeah. excited. Um, so I guess um, another question. Well, do you want to talk more about it? Do you have like a fourth and fifth and sixth? Like, <laughs> I don't. I mean, I, I think a lot of it is um, honestly not like we're doing too much new and too much groundbreaking. It's just spending mm-hmm. more time on the stuff that that already has been working. Um, and like the acquisition channels for us are sort of the common ones for a bootstrap SaaS company. It's content, it's SEO, it's affiliates, it's referrals. Um, it's some integration partnerships. We don't, we don't have like this, uh, magic pill we can pull out. That is some crazy idea. No one's ever thought of, um, we know where to reach our audience. We're sort of startup people ourselves and we market to similar types of people. So it's more just, um, sort of beating the drum more more steadily and uh, investing more time in marketing in general. What do you call, like when you say marketing in general, what does that entail for you? Because, yeah, people say marketing all the time and I don't know if we're, we all like talk about the same thing because yep. you have like branding and then you have the yep. kind of the other pieces. See, this is, <laughs> this, this is yeah. me not knowing that much about marketing, I guess. So I, I think all of that is, is marketing brand, like everything you're thinking of is, is marketing and it's all stuff we need to, to spend more time on, frankly. But I think when people hear marketing, um, what they usually think is, is lead gen. And mm-hmm. that, that's certainly true. Like the objective of this is we're trying to turn up the volume and acquire customers more quickly and, um, certainly, sort of upping lead gen is one of the ways to get there. But I do think that um, sometimes marketing might might actually be the wrong word. Um, sometimes growth is, is a better way to look at what you're trying to do, um, whether it's stuff like the onboarding and sign up flow improvements that I mentioned, whether it's stuff like proactively fighting churn. Um, there's lots of other things you can do to get the objective that you're looking for, which is revenue growth. Um, I do think in our case, like 
we've got some work to do in that regard, but um, I think we need to crank up the the lead gen and the traffic to the site and um, you know, the number of free trials or that sign up per month. And um, that's going to be a big part of the focus. So you kind of answered that. Yeah. My, my second plan question was like, what were, what has been the main channels um, so far? Yeah. Um, and that is, so how do we do it? How, how are we, I remember looking at it, but like, how are we in yeah. terms of SEO? Are we doing good? It's very, we have a weird, a weird story with SEO. Um, so in, in short, Outseta is a all-in-one tech stack to oh, run sort to of that. a SaaS or membership type business. Um, but what that means is it's a, it's a platform that's a billing system, a CRM, email marketing tools, a help desk, financial reports. It's a tech stack for a subscription business. But from an SEO perspective, the keywords that are most relevant to our business, it doesn't make sense for us to focus on them. If we tried to rank number one for CRM software or email marketing software or billing software, um, that would just be a fool's errand. It would be wasted effort and we would never get anywhere. So we haven't really focused deliberately on a small set of target keywords in the way that most people that focus on SEO do. Um, and that in and of itself is a, a bit of a missed opportunity. Um, there are keywords this week we discussed, um, there are keywords that don't directly describe our product per se that we should probably be targeting. Things like authentication for a Framer website. Framer doesn't offer authentication. Outseta offers authentication that works well on a Framer website. If we can rank for those sorts of search terms, we can win business off, off those rankings. So there is an SEO play, but we haven't done a lot of that to date um, in, sort of, mm -hmm. in terms of deliberately targeting keywords. What we have I, done... Yes. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was thinking because one... I mean, I know that we have like, you know, membership site or membership features for yeah. Webflow or membership something Webflow, uh, yeah. which obviously is is trying to get people who search for how to create a membership site with Webflow. Yeah. Um, but then we could also kind of have, as you said, like authentication for Webflow, billing yeah. for Webflow. Uh, the only thing I'm wondering if we created all of those, if those pages would be too similar and they would end up like being flagged as duplicate content uh or like how yeah you know or if we just need to put all of those words in like bake them into the webflow plus etc like landing page or if that will be too watered yeah. out like that would be interesting to to know i think uh in short i have sort of a abnormal perspective on this topic, maybe. I think a SEO consultant would tell you 100% you should you know, build landing pages for everything. You should have authentication for Webflow mm -hmm. and email for Webflow and uh, billing for Webflow and all these, all these different pages and just crank out these pages. And because there's a high number of them and they're all targeting different keywords, they're going to rank and send you relevant mm -hmm. traffic. And that isn't necessarily wrong. Um, Tons of businesses take that approach and it works. Something that uh, maybe I overvalue is keeping Outseta and sort of the surface area that we have to manage and maintain small and simple. <laughs> and I've always sort of steered away from like anything related to programmatic SEO 
are just building massive numbers of landing pages. Because while these things might work, they exponentially increase the amount of real estate that you need to sort of oversee. Um, and I would rather just have like a three or five page website that converts really simply and drive relevant traffic to it other ways. Um, it's kind of a difference in approach. I don't know if one is more right or more wrong, but I know that I'm sort of biased towards that, um, that more simple approach. And I think part of that comes back to how we run the company too. We are this small bootstrapping team. If, you know, I had a hundred million dollars in funding and I had an SEO agency overseeing all these landing pages, I would probably go out and take a strategy more like that. Um, but that's, it's another, I'll uh, code them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and even like there's other, I'm going to make all the SEO consultants out there puke, but there's other, um, other things that I just don't love. Like everyone will tell you, you should have competitor, uh, competitor comparison pages. And again, they're right. And I even think that that is a better tactic because people mm -hmm. do search for mm -hmm. brand name, competitor, brand name, mm -hmm. alternative. Um, but every competitor, competitor comparison page that I see is full of incorrect information and it's just kind of this half-assed page and mm -hmm. it just upsets yeah, me. I, I feel like those <laughs> are more like hard to maintain because you have to go out yeah. and like check your competitor all the time to see if your like yeah. comparison table is correct while creating kind of something like authentication for X framework and membership sure. site for X framework yeah. could be easily kind of um created if you had um composable i think they call it composable content now like where you have like different content pieces and you can mix them together because yeah. the, the the copy or like you know the premise for email with webflow is the same as email for framer like it's it would be the same thing it would just be switching out like the the thing it's connected to um so that is that is program possible to programmatically create without having like glaring errors or just like super bland, boring pages. Cause I think that's the other aspect. And especially now with AI, like people are going to crank out so many pages. It's not even like, it's just, yeah. there's going to be too many pages. This is actually a marketing experiment I've been thinking about. Um, so this uh, indie hacker, his name's Danny Postma. He, yeah. he has this huge, huge following on social and, he published something earlier this year that basically said everybody thinks to be a successful indie hacker, you need to have a big social audience. You don't. Here's how to do it if you don't have an audience. And um, the post basically outlines sort of finding keywords that uh, have very little competition but high relevance and creating a whole bunch of um, content sort of programmatically around related keywords. And uh, he sort of proves with one of his products that you can Build a you can build up social or um, organic traffic very very quickly using this approach. Mm -hmm. There's no way in hell I'm going to do that on Outsetta's website, but I have <laughs> I have a side projects website, yeah, and I want to take his exact methodology and do it on the side project, and then sort of have that be one of the experiments that I can report mm -hmm. back on and say this is something that I don't want to do, but I'm going to I'm going to try it over yeah, here and see yeah. if it actually works. And if it works, what can we learn from this? What can we mm -hmm. borrow and apply to our business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you you could do the same approach, but be more thoughtful about the content. 
that you create for those pages, yeah. like finding these keywords and and then, and then something that we've never talked about, but I've been thinking about this week because we want to sell that in our other business. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, Ula and I have the like focusing on becoming uh, or offering DevRel services, and what we've done so far has been getting sponsorships to build pruner follows. And we really enjoyed that. And we're trying to expand on that. Um, and in addition, so that would, we, we would call that like real world, real world apps, or like you can sponsor a real world app. But then the other thing that is like closely related is what somebody coined content products, I guess. And mm -hmm. one of the most well-known in developer circles are JWTIO, which is owned by Auth0, yeah. which explains how uh, Jason Web Tokens work, and we even link to them from our yeah. Yeah. our uh, documentation because we because it's a great resource, right? Um, so I've been thinking about, and we haven't talked about this before at all, but like, is there any like content products we could build potentially? Maybe not this fall, um, because I would love to do more of these. Uh, any content products yeah. we could build for Outsetta? And the only thing that I came up with so far is like. A membership pricing calculator or something like you know how should you price your um price your memberships and like have copy around that and then you can like tweak things and you could get like different and this is what i can't say in english tears 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 <laughs> i always yeah. want to see tires and it's that's not correct tears but that was like my best idea when i was just like thinking about it but um i am sure there are things our audience would like to see as like a like JWT, which is like a dev focused one, but yep. for our audience, is there like a content product we could make that could be, yeah, a spearhead for us? Sure, absolutely. But I don't know if you can, if you have any ideas on the top of your head. The the one that I've always thought about is um, so we have payment like people know Stripe payment links. Outside offers payment links to. Um, it wouldn't so much be a content product. It would be more a free tool, but if we could just have a website where you can come connect to Stripe, create a payment link and it's got outside of branding on it and whatnot, mm -hmm. um, that could be sort of a free entry level tool, um, that I think a lot of people would use. To create, instead of creating them in Stripe or. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because. Because we wouldn't charge for it, and Stripe charges you for it. Ah, I see. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because then we do that direct integration with Stripe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. So, yeah, it's one of those. Uh, it's one of those things. I I think um, it's what can we do with a relatively small mm -hmm. engineer, engineering mm -hmm. lift? Yeah. Yeah, because that's another, like, so content products is one name that I heard, like, very recently. Another one is engineering as marketing, where you take, yeah. like, sawdust from engineering and create something out, out of that. And then you have side projects as marketing. So I'm trying to, like, figure out what term to use and, like, how to explain this as a service. Um, because some of the, especially if it's, like, you know, engineering sawdust, like, it has to come from it, or not has to, but it's because somebody did something in engineering, but if you want to outsource it, I'm thinking content products or like side project marketing could be interesting. Cause we interviewed Marie from Llama Life and mm -hmm. her fidget spinner was like her top acquisitions channel 
for sure. like a long time. And it's just like fidgetspinner.com, I think. And you can spin a fidget spinner <laughs> in the web browser. And yeah. um, and that's been like a huge, huge way for her. Like for, for a while, that was like one of her uh, larger acquisition channels because it went viral. But that's the hard thing about these kind of projects. Like it's really hard to promise that things will go viral or will like have get a massive track traffic sure. it's 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 riskier that way like it's it's hard to promise but but yeah you never know unless you try that's the the name of the game yeah but then i guess it's easier to use internal so this is what i'm thinking about then if we're going to try to sell it as a service like how to position it and how to price it and if people are willing to do these kinds of bets outside of their business um when they actually have to pay like they have to make a purchasing decision. It's not just engineering, playing a little bit on their off time. Yeah. The, the thing that's tough to me about this topic in general is I think a lot of people, I was reading on Twitter earlier today, a, a founder of a, a company called Pally. Mm -hmm. And he, he was saying like, our growth has come from free tools. You should build free tools. Here's the free tools that we built. And you look at his product and the free tools that he created are a perfect sort of natural step towards using his paid mm -hmm. product. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have a product and can identify an opportunity like that, fantastic. But some products tend to lend themselves to that better than others. And mm. I, I have seen a lot of founders like become obsessed with this idea of engineering is marketing, or we need to create free tools. And there just isn't sort of a tool that really fits with their mm -hmm. product. So um, I guess and don't don't force it is the is the point, and that is why also JWTIO works so well Perfect. because it's yeah. like mm. everybody who who wants to do anything with authentication from as a developer or even as an as a non developer you yeah. got to understand a little bit about this and and I think that was the first I think that was the site that I ended up on when I first researched the subject like. I don't know when, but like, it's, it's been, it's been there for in my yeah. kind of developer life for a long time. And, and it feels, it doesn't feel like marketing because it's very educational and it's doesn't yeah. push, push auth zero that much. I mean, it pushes so little that every authentication service I see Points use that at their source, like even yep. direct competitors of auth zero. Oh, tr trust me. In year one of Outsetta, um, you know, we, we started having more technical tickets and very quickly I got into a conversation with Dave, our other co-founder who is an engineer, about what, what's actually happening from a code perspective when somebody authenticates and mm -hmm. he said, oh, there's a JWT access token passed. And for me, that was just like, what the heck <laughs> is that? And he, he sent me a link and I, I read it and I, you know, got it more than I did before. So, yeah. <laughs> I think though, I think though, like I would love to make something similar, but for no coders, like mm -hmm. authentication for no coders that in essence ends up explaining JWTs and, and other mechanisms, sure. but more visually and more for somebody that's not coming from a technical background. Um, because Auth0 is very much like they're that site and like that kind of marketing is very much towards developers be because it has to be implemented by a developer while no coders who use tools like ours, like they, they have a different, like, yep. I don't know, different 
background. They don't get it. I guess <laughs> they don't get it. Uh, I mean, no, but they don't get that kind of a explanation, um, which is like perfect. Like sure. I loved it because it was short to the point. I was like, okay, yes, I get it. But then there's like a different way of a, a more visual way of explaining it that I think could be very beneficial to people who do enjoy tools like Framer and Web webflow and those kinds of tools because i assume they are visual thinkers since they love these tools while yeah. i'm like i don't want to go and talk like drag on sliders i just want to like write it in code and get it to be done um so yeah that's there, there's such an opportunity to do that for everything authentication related in the no code space, but especially single sign-on too. Um, mm. The conversations we have with people around single sign-on, people have no idea what it is, how it operates. They just get it in their head that they need single sign-on. And if single sign-on is present, it's going to allow them to log into, you know, every product out there that they could ever want to log into. And um, very quickly, even if they have a, a project that our single sign-on features can support and support well, they just don't understand how these how the different pieces are connected. Um, so there's a huge educational play there. Yeah, that's interesting. Could start with a blog post though, mm -hmm. and not a content product, even though that would be so much yeah. more fun <laughs> for somebody who just wants to. No, I'm just kidding. I think that's it though. I hope um, I hope the listener, you dear listener, has enjoyed listening to our plans. If you have any inputs or comments, DM me on Twitter. My DMs are always open, unless you know X closes them <laughs> without telling you. Uh, but I open them again, so they should be open. <laughs> uh, nice. So feel free to um, to uh, DM me or Jeff, I guess, um, if you have any input. And I guess that's it. Yeah. Thanks for yeah. letting me sub in. This was fun. Yeah, this was fun. And then next time Benedict has a vacation, we can talk about how it went. All right. Let's do it. Put it on yeah. the books. Yes. Let's leave it on books. So we usually end with a see you around the interwebs. Bye-bye. See ya. Mm -hmm.